When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've got the looks that drives the girls wild. I've got the moves that really move them. I said chill up and down their spine. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049, the Horn New Theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie, based on the uh, selections by my man Patrick, the idealionaire. Uh, Hard and I are supposed to gather clues and hints uh, that lead us to the feature of the uh, the new theme of the day. And today, we didn't quite get it. We were close, but didn't quite get it. The new theme of today is multiple winners of the Royal Rumble. Correct? Yes, multiple, multiple time, time winners. winners of the yeah, Royal Rumble. Multiple time winners of the Royal Rumble, which was very specific. So I think we were we were hovering around it. I think as close as I got was it is a Royal Royal Rumble winners. I think it's as close as I got to it. But it was multiple time Royal Rumble winners. So I like that. All right. Uh, thanks, my man Patrick. Uh, we got a new theme for the day. You can always be a part of the show. Hit us up, 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. My man Harge at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's. Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. All right, we got a lot of headlines to hit, and we don't have a ton of time to do it. Uh, the Astros, go Astros! Astros have a new GM. Uh, threw that out there earlier. Uh, Dana Brown is the new GM. Uh, he was most recently with the Braves as their VP of scouting. Uh, before that, with the Blue Jays as the special assistant to the GM. And then prior to that, in the early 2000s, he was with the Expos and the Nationals as their director of scouting. Uh, actually was teammates uh, and in college at Seton Hall with Craig Biggio. Um, so he is a well-respected uh, talent man, um, and he has uh, been been described as been a home run hire for the Astros. Two, he's on a two-month search by Jim Crane and trying to figure out exactly who would be the right guy for the job. Uh, Dana Brown is that guy, and I haven't seen any baseball insiders, Patrick, that have criticized the hire or even been negative in the slightest about it. Everybody's been overwhelmingly uh, positive and overwhelmingly uh, complimentary of the hire. No, and I mean, if you look at the Blue Jays and, you know, that young core that they built up, with I mean it with, with Guriel and Biggio and uh, they brought in uh, uh, the other Guriel like and then Bichette they 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 got a lot of young guys that they drafted extremely well for several years brought in a lot of young guys into their farm system so I, I think that there's a lot that you can go with on that and then you go with the Braves and that team was mostly homegrown when we played them and they beat us in the World Series. That's great point. Yeah, no, that's a great point. So Astros fans really excited about it. So that's was one of the breaking stories. That was right before the show. And during the show, we've had several stories that have uh, kind of hit the headlines. And good news for Cowboys fans. Oh, by the way, Patrick, 
Uh, Nate says Petty Patrick about your specific my theme. specific theme. <laughs> and a blind Longhorn fan said, "Ha, got it right." And so did CB say so he got it right too. So oh yeah, there out. was there was several people who got it. Once we once we started to narrow it down, there, yeah. was, there was several people. I can people see who got CB it. getting it because he's a he's a wrestling freak uh, like I like I used to be. But uh, yeah, and, and Hart impressed me with his wrestling knowledge. Yeah. Like, there's there are a lot more wrestling fans at this station. Then it's you would fun think. because it's the this is the thing I would say about wrestling is every other game you don't know if it's going to be good you don't know if it's going to go the way you want wrestling you know it's like it's predetermined so they're putting on a show you know what it's going to be but it still has that part of it where it can be entertaining like it's a sporting event oh, but yeah. you just know you're like look I know when I'm leaving it's not a eighty to twenty blowout. They're just wasting my time coming here. No, I'm. I I I totally got. I got deep into it. Uh, like you said, you played the uh, the Hulk Hogan theme song earlier. Did it make you feel a little bit. I was a Hulk. You started I, starting I, to hook up a little bit yourself, I, dude. I wrote a letter to Hulk Hogan as a kid when he got injured. That you know. Time. The, do you know what the, the gimmick with that was? I, I, I'm sure it was. I was no, a dumb kid. No, no. But the thing was, is so Hogan needed to take some time off. But they do this, and then they could. They took all the kids who wrote in. And they took all their addresses, the return addresses. Oh yeah, and sent Good them point. catalogs because they were like, "These Good are the point. kids who love wrestling Devoted. so much that they wrote to Hulk Hogan." Yeah. So now we're gonna send them a catalog. So their parents gonna be like, "Mom, can you buy me this?" That's and a great point. Oh, we did get random hey, stuff from WWF. Yeah, genius marketing move. That was genius. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, wrestling. Damn wrestling's right. on the cutting edge of a lot of weird <laughs> marketing stuff. That was that was brilliant because I was one of those kids, man. I was a Hulkamaniac, uh, and uh, yeah. So you played that earlier in the show. So I. Feel I, I I I get it. I was I understand some people are not into it, it's not their thing, but man, it is one of the most popular forms of entertainment in America and has been forever. Oh, yeah. And, and it, it just it's just a new generation of wrestling fans. It's, it's not old because we don't watch it anymore. I'm sure there are some people no, who still I'll, watch I'll it. No, I'll flip in every once in yeah, a while and go in. We don't in. watch it religiously no, like I'll, that. I'll still but, go back and watch old stuff on Peacock though. Now that I get into. The hey, old and stuff, if anybody, and there were documentaries about some of the old wrestling oh, days. Yeah. But but it's just you you're a wrestling fan, so you just love your generation when you were a fan. So I'm stuck yeah. in the fifteen when, years when I was a fan. But it's just it just builds a new generation. It's just like the NFL. Yeah. Well, when it was designed and aimed at me, when I was a target audience for it, I loved it. Now that I'm not the target audience, I enjoy it still, but it's not meant for me. Like they're not targeting me anymore. Exactly. So I'm like, cool, enjoy it. I will say, if anybody's got free tickets, you got a suite up there. Let me let me know. I'll drive down <laughs> San Antonio on Saturday. <laughs> will they Will they have a wrestling events in the mood? Uh, yeah, I'm sure they will. Okay. Yeah, I'm just because I, I they haven't had any wrestling event in there. No, so far. but they. But I'm sure I'm they will. Sure they will. Yeah. Yeah. Because they used to have it in Irwin all the time. Uh, my man CB says he stopped watching wrestling in 2013. Yeah, I mean you just have your era. It's like the kind of like the Simpsons. Like you had your era. Like, oh, I used to watch it back then, but now I don't yeah. watch it anymore. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, getting back to the NFL headlines. I don't know how we got sidetracked there. Uh, but Cowboys fans, uh, they are really optimistic right now because the latest news from Tom Pelissero and reported by other outlets that Dan Quinn will remain with the Cowboys as the defensive coordinator that is a bombshell I did not expect that at all that took me by surprise Tom Pelissero said Quinn uh, informed teams that were interested in his services as a head coach that he would be staying with Dallas so I think there are a few things at play here this is my conspiracy theory I'm going to jump out on the grassy knoll here for a second I got no evidence of this but it's just me believing um, stuff uh, that I, you know, like I said, behind the scenes, I believe may be happening, but probably not. Dan Quinn, I believe, is deciding to take his name um, out of the head coaching uh, as a candidate for head coaching vacancies because he has been told, like I said, my conspiracy theory, he's been told by Jerry Jones, look, basically you're my head coach in waiting. 
if we don't get to the Super Bowl in two years and we don't get through the divisional round and make progress with Dak Prescott, I'm probably going to move on from Mike McCarthy anyway. And then you're going to be my next head coach in waiting. If we do go to the Super Bowl and say we win the whole damn thing or go to the Super Bowl and just compete for it, still showing progress, your name will be even hotter than it is right now because the biggest reason that we will be able to compete at the championship level will probably be Dan Quinn's defense and what you do with Micah Parsons and that side of the ball. And, and I think Jerry Jones also will probably give him a raise of some sort. I'm, I, when I look at it, he'll probably end up being the highest-paid coordinator, or at least the highest-paid defensive coordinator in the league, if not the highest-paid coordinator, period. And that's why Dan Quinn decides I win regardless. If we stay here and go all the way to the Super Bowl and I'm the defensive coordinator, I get a lot of love and a lot of value with my brand. But if not and I stay here and we don't make the Super Bowl, Jerry's already told me, man, you're my next head coach in the way. And I ain't in the Sean Payton sweepstakes. You're my guy. Yeah, and I mean we Conspiracy can also – theory. But we can also sit and say in the Sean Payton sweepstakes that we've heard that he may not even go anywhere because it's not the best market right now for head coaching jobs in the places that we're looking at him. He may not want to go do the Denver thing. He may say, man, there's stuff there and leadership that I don't necessarily want to walk mm-hmm. into. They just fired a one-year head coach. No, I don't want to do the Texans. They fired two one-year head coaches. Like, I don't want to go to Indy because I know Ursay is freaking out and there he wants his everything his way. Maybe maybe I don't want any of these jobs really. And they once they hired Carolina, he goes, maybe that's the only job he was really looking at. So he goes, well, they hired the one place that I might want to go, even or maybe didn't want to go there. What about the Texans, Patrick? They hired they fired two one year head coaches. Oh, you may say I don't want to go there. Plus, I don't even th- I don't even know if he did interview with them. Did he? Was he, he even on he the did, list? Yeah, he interviewed him. Okay, right. I don't think I know he hadn't done a second. No, not a coming. second. No, no. Uh, but. No, I, but that's what I'm saying is he may say, you know what, this doesn't seem like I have a good thing going right now. And if you're Jerry Jones, man, not only has he done great, he's saved you so much money in bringing his guys and just yeah. playing. And, hey, man, we let Randy Gregory go and didn't like didn't really miss a step. No. The, that, so Armstrong we didn't pay that big salary. Yeah. And we, those that kind of thing to an owner. Wait, wait, so I can spend all my money on my toys on offense. And I just give you a little, and we're going to pay Micah. We know we're going to have to pay Micah, but we're going to pay him a little bit less because you're the you're the DC. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we still going to be the highest paid, but he ain't going to be the highest paid by by more. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're right about that uh, because, and I'll I'll find the numbers because I I have them uh, in my phone because I've kept track of them because they're so absurd. Uh, the the Cowboys have long been a franchise that's always tried to find. And everybody does this, by the way. So we've been critical of the Cowboys, but everybody does it. You find value at different positions. Essentially, I mean, the salary cap is just, it's a budget, right? Is imagine you going grocery shopping on whatever budget you are, uh, that you're on. And, you know, the way teams budget, they allocate, you know, more funds toward premier positions, whatever they mean, quarterback, DN, pass rusher, whatever, wide receiver these days, whatever it may be. And there are certain positions they classify as, you know what, those are positions where we can go find value there. We can go find value there. We don't need to spend draft capital or spend a lot of money, salary cap capital, on that position. We, we, we believe in our ability to find value. And safety has been that position for the Cowboys forever. Yep. And they failed miserably at that philosophy, trying to find value at that specific position. But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, Megan the Stallion size, Beyonce size, but is when Dan Quinn came along, 
They ended up having the best safety group potentially in the league with three different guys, Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson, and J. Run Curse. All of them, uh, at least two of the three being uh, kind of revitalization or renovation or resuscitation projects where they had to basically bring back these players. Jaron Curse was drafted by the Vikings, I believe, and was considered a, a guy that they had drafted over and was a throwaway. Same thing with a guy like Malik Hooker drafted in the first round. Where they thought, oh, he's a bust. He's done. He can't stay healthy. And you basically reinvigorated those guys' careers and turned them into some of the better safeties in the league. That's the Dan Quinn system. And that's what Patrick's talking about, saving you money. Because they, they couldn't find they, they couldn't find that value that also ended up being productive on the field with that philosophy about the safety position but they kept that philosophy but Dan Quinn has been able to really extract the the value from those guys unlike any other no and I mean if you look at even using guys that you have where you say all right well we're gonna let Randy Gregory go we need to put uh, Sam Mitchell up or to a better position. All right, well, we did it with that. Hey, Leighton Van Der Esch, we're going to, you know, we're keeping him a year, another year on a, a mercenary deal. All right, we're going to make him into a very valuable piece on our team. Being able to get the most out of guys that other teams may not be willing to spend big money on it's big. makes it make an odor salivate because you're just going to keep. Now, you'll every once in a while come up bust on that. Oh, yeah, everybody will. Yeah. But it's just, you but, know. But more often times than not, you're going to hit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's the, what you're talking about, the value that he brings to the table. Here's a stat for you. Since 2002, the Cowboys have only spent one pick in the top 125 on, on any draft on a safety. So since 2002, the Cowboys have only spent one pick in the top 125 selections of any draft on a safety. Since 2013, 75% of the NFL teams have picked at least one safety in the first or the second round, and the Cowboys – have have been one of the eight teams that have not. So they they, they they've always said, you know what, that we'll we'll find a solution there. We can, you know, we'll find value there. And I would say there are certain things in life you shouldn't skimp on. Like don't skimp on toilet paper. Don't skimp on condoms. All right. Don't skimp on surgery. Right? I mean, don't try to buy sushi at the gas station. Like certain things don't skimp on. Uh, the Cowboys believe you can skimp on safety. Yeah. And honestly they've failed miserably with that philosophy until Dan Quinn came along and now Dude, those value uh, acquisitions at safety, Malik Hooker and J. Run Curse, have been magnificent. And you've maximized one of your draft picks in Donovan Wilson. Yeah, he's he's playing like one of the best safeties in the league now. Yeah, that's been great, man. No, I, I yeah. think yeah, I think there's a lot of, to it. I, I we do need to get them a nickname. It's in, now that Dan Quinn's staying another year. Oh. Need to try and find a nickname. Now it's harder because like the Legion of Boom had a core group of guys. They did. And this defense doesn't really feel like it has a core group. You will. You have Micah and Trayvon Diggs, and I think the safety. Jaron Kerr should be a part of that. Is, core. Are we putting Demarcus Lawrence in there? Yes, of course. Yes, yes, exactly. Those are core. There's your four. Four okay. is a core. Okay. Four is a core. All right. Uh, so we got to get a nickname for do. that so we can. Now that he's coming back another year. And if they do, because the last two years they've led the NFL in takeaways, first team to do it since the Steel Curtain, speaking of great nicknames. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they come back next year and like lead the, the lead the NFL in takeaways again or something. Then at least you have a theme yeah. to base the nickname around. 
Because they like to take stuff away, like yeah. steal stuff, force turnovers, whatever that may be. Something clever. You're you're an ideal you now. You'll come well, up with something. Well, yeah, good. I'll work on it. <laughs> You'll come up with something real good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, great news for the Cowboys. I'm happy for Cowboys fans. One less thing to worry about. And so this may actually make Cowboys fans happy too. So uh, it's been reported today that Mike McCarthy spoke to the media and he was asked several times to guarantee Kellen Moore's return for next season. He will not. He will not. Uh, he said every coach gets evaluated. He's evaluating um, uh, Kellen Moore tomorrow, I believe. He said as late as tomorrow. So that'll, it may be today as well. But he's evaluating all the coaches but would not guarantee his return. That, to me, signals maybe Jerry Jones drew a line in the sand with Mike McCarthy and said, all right, our quarterback, our franchise quarterback, the face of this damn team has regressed. You're the offensive guy. You're the quarterback guru. You're the one that's from the Bill Walsh coaching tree. Fix it. You fix it. We've been running Kellen Moore's offense. I want your offense. Now, you can hire who you want to hire, but I need you to be more hands-on with his offense and more hands-on with the quarterback. And that way, if he regresses again or the offense regresses, I know who to fire. Yep. yep. <laughs> and Dan Quinn, come on in. Yeah. I mean, because if Jerry Jones is meeting with both of them and they both walk in and go, it's the other guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Goes, well, I know one way to figure this out. Mm-hmm. I think that, that if Kellen Moore is out, that's why. Because Kellen Moore hasn't been terrible. And, and we know Jerry Jones loves him from Kellen Moore. But even I, a Kellen Moore fan, will admit, yeah, in Dak's best interest and honestly in Kellen Moore's best interest, it might be best that they separate and go elsewhere explore their own yeah. past. Since we've been talking about wrestling, I'll tell you, this is the old wrestling analogy. Oh, when, back in the territory days, when a guy would be really good, he'd make a lot of money for a territory, but after a while, people stopped cheering for him as much. He couldn't draw as many people. They would, He would have to go to another territory. And they're like, look, man, this isn't us telling you to, like goodbye or anything. You need to go learn a new hold. Yeah. You need to go learn something new. So I when like you come that. back, yeah. Kellen Moore needs to go learn a new hold. Yeah. It's exa- that's a great, totally agree. It's a great way of putting it. And then oftentimes when wrestlers get a new hold, they get a new identity. Exactly. And then, you know, you're like, oh, I got exactly. to change it up, man. They reinvent themselves yeah. around that new. And that's, yeah. and that's what you say now in today's era. That's like, hey, man, a guy, you know, it's taken off TV for a little bit. When he comes back, oh, yeah. he's got a different outfit on man. and he has a different finishing move. Oh, it's this going away and learning a new hold. And I think for Kellen Moore, he needs to go to a different team, different coach, different things, learn a new hold. That's well done. That's well to bring it full circle with the new theme Thursday and everything, the wrestling uh, connection. I love it. That is fantastic. Uh, oh, you're getting some suggestions, uh, Patrick, for your uh, nickname for the yeah, Dallas Cowboys. Some. So we'll get we'll go through some of those a little bit too. Uh, but with the Cowboys also, just as we're talking about the coaching moves, uh, the Cowboys made some other assistant coaching moves as well. Uh, linebackers coach George Edwards assist uh, is out. And I believe these guys weren't officially fired. I believe they just had contracts that weren't renewed or extended. So technically you're fired. I mean, that's a nice way of saying you're fired. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, we're not going to renew your contract. But You, you, know. you no longer work here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I guess, yeah, whatever you want to call it. But George Edwards, linebackers coach, assistant D-line coach Leon Lett, running backs coach Skip Pete, O-line coach Joe Philbin, quarterback coach Duck Nussmeyer, uh, and the quality control analytics coach Kyle Valero and assistant head coach Rob Davis. I mean, that's a lot of coaches out, and it, they may not be done. Um, they may not be done. And someone says, uh, you know, if Kellen Moore is uh, moved, <laughs> moved back to Oxford, Mississippi, if Kellen Moore is really the problem, the Cowboys would have sucked when Cooper Rush was playing quarterback. If they get rid of Kellen Moore, they're getting rid of the wrong guy. That is very possible. 
I, and I think we all agree with that. That's a sound uh, point and very astute point. But what I will, you know, I'm just kind of devil's advocate. They can't get rid of Dak. Yeah, two more years. Now they 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 could, but it's blowing everything up. Like you're basically gonna blow up the entire organization for um and really an unspecified amount of time. You're you're talking if you got rid of him right now, it's two number one wide receivers and a starting running back worth of value that you are basically yeah. taking away in cap space. Yeah. So I'm, I'm and you got to yeah. hire a new quarterback, exactly, which is going to cost you at least as much as you're paying Dak. Yep. So now you're looking at, or you draft somebody and you put in a rookie, which is not usually a good plan either. Yeah, and so, so what we know about Dak is that he, he can perform at a high level. We've seen it. We've just seen regression this year, and the belief is that he's hit a ceiling. So since you can't get rid of the quarterback, or at least it'd be very dis- self-destructive to do it, um, instead of doing that, they're deciding, all right, we've seen quarterbacks around the league have you know this um, – uh, really resurgence, if you will, in their careers, right? They've been able to resuscitate their careers, whether it's a Geno Smith or whether you're talking about a Jared Goff or whether you're talking about a Daniel Jones. I mean, there are numerous examples, and most of those are tied to a system that is more compatible with the skill set of that quarterback and the play calling and the uh, the rapport, the chemistry between that play caller and that quarterback and all that kind of stuff. So I do think that's what the Cowboys are hoping. They're hoping that a new system, uh, maybe a new voice, and all of that will help Dak. Because I've said it before, there's there's not a relationship in the NFL like Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott. There is not. There There is no offensive play calling OC in the NFL who also competed against their, their, their franchise quarterback, like literally was second string and he was third string, and then became the quarterback coach of that same quarterback and then became the offensive play caller for that same quarterback. There is no hierarchy like that in the NFL, so it, wouldn't have, it would have never happened. You could argue no team would have let it happen. But uh, because of that, they're really close, uh, but maybe too close now. Yeah, maybe. if the reports of him checking out of a bunch of plays and that yeah. not being yeah, exactly. addressed, that's probably where, hey, man, maybe y'all are too close. Yeah, Just got to go, hey, man, just go learn a new hold. Learn, like learn a new hold. And uh, somebody who's not li- learn a new hold, not hold. Some of y'all might be get the wrong idea uh, on the spec sex line. Hold, uh, like wrestling hold, a maneuver, not learn a new hold. <laughs> You're in a bad marriage. All right, we'll come back. We'll get to Rod's rat of the day. We'll talk about what is kind of the cycle. Of, of, of life, the cycle of a championship window in the NFL. We'll talk about that a little bit more and other NFL news notes and nuggets right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful Nine Horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. What's oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. 
All right. Uh, I was going uh, to a kind of football theory discussion, but since we're talking Cowboys, let's just continue the Cowboys discussion. Uh, it's a lot more fun to talk Cowboys, uh, especially when they are relevant. A lot of moves being made. Dan Quinn staying with the Cowboys. Kellen Moore meeting with Mike McCarthy today or tomorrow. Mike McCarthy will not guarantee Kellen Moore's return next season. He didn't say he was fired or let go, but this wouldn't he would not guarantee his return. Um, a lot of speculation there. Seven different uh, assistant coaches and our administrative personnel that were recently let go by the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so there's a lot going on with the Dallas Cowboys. And we can right also now. mention Frank Reich being hired as the Panthers head coach. Apparently, Kellen Moore was a finalist for this job, so he yep. did not get that job, which means if they do want to keep him, he is more likely to stay because he wasn't really, he's not listed as a finalist for any other job. That's a great point. Yeah, I don't think he interviewed for any other job other than, and it, yeah. but they did like him because he got second interview. Second there. interview, and they, all yeah. reports are that it was it, it was, was a hard decision. Yeah, Albert Breer reporting that, yeah, he was like, no, um, actually, Kellen Moore is one of the, the finalists uh, for that job. He was like, don't rule him out. Uh, but obviously, Frank Reich is now the head coach of the Panthers. So let's talk about the Cowboys and just, um, just, as an organization, some of the things I don't like about the Cowboys and some things I would like them to change, and I think ultimately these are more macro topics that have led to where the Cowboys are and not that the Cowboys are in, you know, they're they're not destitute by any means. I mean, it made it to the divisional round, but just trying to get over the top. And one of the things I, I did bring up that I always used to criticize about the Cowboys, I think everybody did, was that they had a failed uh, philosophy about the safety position. I literally just talked about it and gave the stats about the safety position and give it up for Dan Quinn because Dan Quinn has actually figured out what his uh, take on positionless football. And by the way, I think it's another thing that Dan Quinn likes about the Cowboys. He's already started to build this, this monster. All right, It built around the philosophy and the principle of positionless football. I talked about this a lot when the 49ers were playing against the Cowboys and Dan Quinn back in 2019 started experimenting with guys like uh, Devondre Campbell, an all-pro with the Packers now, moving him around from off-ball linebacker to the edge rusher, serendipitously goes to the Cowboys. They draft Michael Parsons. I think, you know, obviously a lot, uh, not, no, no coincidence, I think a lot of that was based on my uh, the um, utilization, or at least a plan to utilize Michael Parsons by Dan Quinn. And when Dan Quinn came in, brought in guys like J. Ron Curse, also part of his positionless football blueprint, brought in guys like Keanu Neal, safety slash linebacker, um, recently even in the draft, picking up guys like uh, Makiyamu, who he really likes, got some playing time even in the playoffs recently. He's 6'4", 215, kind of a J. Ron Curse starter kit. That's the that's the you know that's the path he wants to go down, and I, you know, I've been studying Dan Quinn for a little while now, and I think the Cowboys are gonna allow him to really expand on this theory. And he's got Michael Parsons, he's got Sam Williams, he's got uh, J. Run Kurz, uh, Mukuyamu, and the safety position allows you to be as versatile and as malleable as any defense out there when you can utilize the safety position and maximize it, weaponize it like he has, and. Even though the Cowboys have failed at trying to find value at the safety position, they believe they can skimp on the safety position when it comes to draft capital and salary cap capital. Since 2002, the Cowboys have only spent one pick on the top 125 uh, on the draft on a safety, uh, and, and they've actually uh, haven't drafted since 2013. 75% of the NFL have drafted at least one safety in the first two rounds. The Cowboys have not, and there's nothing wrong with that, but they believe they can find value there and skimp on that position, and it's been a 
failure until Dan Quinn came along with his philosophy on positionless football, and bam, now they are one of the best safety cores in the NFL, and that is not a coincidence at all. So I think that's why Dan Quinn wants to stay there because he has a vision for what he wants to do and how he wants to build this defense. It's built around safeties, the big big nickels and big dimes, which are three safety uh, sub packages, uh, whether you're talking about your nickels or your dime package. And the Cowboys utilize a ton of them. They utilize four safeties, actually. Um, they, they played a dime defense versus uh, San Fran, and they would utilize four safeties um, and two cornerbacks. So uh, I love Dan Quinn's uh, mind. He's a football theorist. I love how progressive he is. And I think that's part of what made him so attractive to the Cowboys, but also what makes the Cowboys so attractive to him. So uh, getting back to the Cowboys, one thing I also don't like about the Cowboys, just doing a little study in here too, we started looking at the rosters of other teams in the playoffs and how they're built. One of the most frustrating things about the Cowboys is they are almost too focused overly obsessed with being homegrown. Uh, they are the most homegrown team in the NFL and ain't even close. Um, 73% of the Cowboys uh, snaps from last season, 2021, sorry, not 2022, not this past season, uh, but 2021, 73% of those snaps were from homegrown talent. Uh, basically guys that they drafted. The next, you go look that, Look at Philly. Philly was at 64% uh, at that time. You know, teams like Green Bay were at 68%. You go look at free agents acquired who also are the biggest cap hits for teams. So free agents, free agent acquisitions who are also top 15 biggest cap hits for teams. You went and look at it and try to count the number of players who fit that criteria for the Cowboys. Only three this past season fit that criteria. Um, for the Eagles, it was six. For uh, the Rams, it was eight. For you know Buffalo, it was eight. You get the point. And there's nothing wrong with being homegrown. I, I love their homegrown, and it is the cheapest. Uh, not cheapest. Uh, it's the best. That's a bad way to put it. It is the most uh, cost-effective way to build a roster in a football team. But you should explore every possible option when it comes to acquiring talent. Trades. Uh, yes, of course, the draft should be the big big part of that. But whether it be trades or undrafted free agents uh, or just in the free agency market, the Cowboys need to explore more ways, diversify the uh, ways they acquire talent. They don't do enough with it. They're too homegrown. It's just, you know, I like homegrown, too, but the Cowboys are too homegrown. And one other thing, and I've talked about this before with the Cowboys, and I think it is changing gradually, and you won't be able to obviously, you know, in retrospect, you can judge them, but not now Now in the moment, it's going to be tough. But the Cowboys do need to address, as an organization, their lack of their lack of priority at the quarterback position, their lack of urgency more about at the quarterback position. And it sounds crazy because they have Dak Prescott. I know that. But if you go look at the Cowboys over the last 20 years or so as an organization, and they still got the same guy who was the owner and slash GM, so it, the criticism applies. they got to start drafting more quarterbacks overall. Not saying that they should draft quarterbacks to, you know, to take Dak's spot or to upgrade over Dak. I'm not there. This is a more of a macro issue, and this is looking back, like I said, over a couple of decades. But you go look at the teams that have drafted the most quarterbacks over the last 20 years, and the Cowboys are tied for the uh, – the, the least 
with six. Actually, no, I take it back. They have uh, the second fewest with Indianapolis. And Kansas City has the fewest quarterbacks drafted in that time span, which is five. And the Cowboys have six. And that includes Isaiah Standback. Most people was like, oh, that guy's a wide receiver, not a quarterback. And so that would drop the number down to five. But they have been really lucky when it comes to quarterback. I'll give them a little credit, too, as an organization. Um, you know, they've been lucky, but also, hey, finding a Tony Romo and cultivating that talent is great. And then actually drafting uh, Dak Prescott in the fourth round, even though they wanted Connor Cook and Paxton Lynch. Um, but if not for those two key pieces, and one of them, highly unlikely. It's like winning the lottery or being struck by lightning and have an undrafted free agent become a franchise quarterback. I believe it's happened maybe once or twice in the history of the NFL. Kurt Warner may have been the only one, so which is really rare for an undrafted free agent to become a franchise quarterback. Hell, we might be watching Mr. Irrelevant, a seventh-round pick, become a franchise quarterback. That's rare enough, too. So the Cowboys have been counting on these rare Happy accidents, if you will. And Dak Prescott is just that, right? Dak Prescott drafted in the fourth round. They didn't draft him to be the franchise quarterback. Turns out he ends up being that guy. But the argument can be made that if they had a healthier approach to drafting quarterbacks, that they'd be in a better place as an organization overall. And I think that's like San Francisco's drafted 13 quarterbacks since 2000. 13 of them. And I was saying, like, some of them have been disasters, but some of them have worked out really well for them. And when you keep drafting quarterbacks, and we'll get into this later, uh, maybe closer to the draft, it allows you, especially with the new salary cap, especially with the rookie wage scale, it allows you to reset and reset the franchise and reinvent your, your organization, which is what San Fran has done as well as anybody. They reset and they reinvent. And the Patriots are in the same – Patriots drafted 13 quarterbacks. Hell, they had Tom Brady. And they were still drafting quarterbacks with Tom Brady because they understand most of these quarterbacks, uh, franchise quarterbacks, and not, not all of them, uh, but a lot of them are essentially – it's their accidents. They're, they're, they're happy accidents. Dak is a happy accident. He's like Viagra. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't know they were making Viagra at the time. It was a, a, it was a heart drug, I think, for treating types of uh, heart issues and cardiac issues. And then they had a fortunate byproduct. Um, and then they would wake up um, feeling good. And they figured, you know what? If it can do that, then let's turn it into something else. It's a happy accident. Well, same thing with Dak Prescott. Nobody expected Dak Prescott to be the franchise quarterback. They drafted, uh, you know, a quarter him in the fourth round. Uh, they had Kellen Moore ahead of him, and Tony Romo was supposed to be the guy, but he was fragile Um, And then Tony Romo gets hurt, Kellen Moore gets hurt, Dak Prescott's the guy. They never looked back at Dak Prescott like a, a comet. I mean, really did. He was just a shooting star that rookie year, and, and he became the franchise quarterback ever since. And that's great, but remember, like I said, that's luck. I always say nobody knows what the hell they're doing when it comes to quarterback. I truly believe nobody knows what they're doing. Everybody's just kind of throwing blank at the wall and seeing if it sticks. Well, for you know, a lot of these organizations and even for the New England Patriots, you could tell Belichick figured it out. Yeah, I am not some type of genius finding Tom Brady in the sixth round. It, we passed up on him multiple times. Uh, what he was looking for when he drafted nine other quarterbacks after Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl and became the franchise quarterback, he was looking for the next Tom Brady because he figured, well, I can find, if I keep drafting quarterbacks, I'll find the next Tom Brady or something close to it. He never really did, um, but you can tell he understood the assignment, which is it's a healthy 
habit as an organization to draft quarterbacks. Baltimore's drafted 10 in that time span. Pittsburgh, and it's not about always about drafting them in the top of the first round um, where because you are in the basement as a franchise or you really need a franchise quarterback. No, like I said, the Patriots were drafting quarterbacks and they had a franchise quarterback. San Fran's often done it with a franchise quarterback. They drafted Purdy in the seventh round, already had their quarterback, had Jimmy G on the roster. Um, they had four different quarterbacks, actually, at the time. They had Trey Lance. They had Jimmy G still on the roster. Didn't know what to do with him. Uh, they had, oh, man, was it Sudfeld? Maybe they had signed to. And then they had Brock Purdy and decided, all right, Brock Purdy's the guy. Yeah. After uh, all that. So my, my point being, Cowboys, <clears throat> need to start drafting more quarterbacks as a franchise, period. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think this is the point, too, is you can't, you can't fall. You don't have to fall in love with every quarterback you draft. Not everyone no. has to be a long-term relationship that you love. And we saw with Dak, it worked out. They were in love with Johnny Manziel, and they wanted to draft Paxton Lynch. They wanted to draft Connor Cook, and they end up getting Dak, and he's your starter. But you, it's not because you, you loved him, so you found him at a, a point where his value was very mm-hmm. good at that point. You didn't overdraft for him, where now you feel like you got to use him. He said, hey, look, we've got these guys. We value them as we value any other position. Exactly. We're not treating the quarterback special in this. We're putting them into that realm of, hey, man, if this guy falls to here, He's a value. We should go grab him because we think he could be something. But if we don't, we don't want to reach. If you are reaching for him, stay away. That's not value then. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so, but we know Jerry falls in love with people, especially quarterbacks. And so he goes, "No, no, I love that guy. Let's trade for him." No, no, you just got to draft some guys. Mm-hmm. Trust just the have it. And then, hey man, if Dad gets hurt, and all of a sudden. It's not putting in Cooper Rush, but there's an actual quarterback controversy. As much as you don't want to have it, everybody really kind of wants it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to have, hey, man, how great would it be if Cooper Rush was a guy that was on a rookie contract that you thought, hey, man, I know we're starting Dak, and look, this guy's not ready, but he could be? Yeah. I'm what if you. it's that? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, like I said, I, I'm with you. I don't know if you'll ever end up hitting big or anything, but it does – Help you in a lot of different ways, whether it be that he's going to be a backup quarterback, uh, your future developmental quarterback, or like I said, sometimes you just hit gold. Or like it, look at Philly. Philly just they just struck gold. They were like, ah, let's draft Jalen Hurts in the second round because they just have a healthy organizational habit of drafting quarterbacks, and they hit gold. Did it with Nick Foles too. They drafted Nick Foles. What it was it? Nick Foles' second round pick or something? And they let Nick Foles go, brought him back again. Then he's a Super Bowl MVP. It's uh it's a healthy habit to have. It really and the Cowboys, they're unhealthy about the quarterback no, position. Hey, they man, always have been. Put some pressure on your starter. I also, mean, they did that to Tom Brady plenty of times. Oh, oh hey, constantly. Tom, yep. Hey Tom, you don't want to be in practice, you know, like you're you're already an MVP, so you don't want to maybe not show up as early. Jimmy G's here. Jimmy G's showing up to practice at five thirty in the morning. You showing up at six? Great point. You know who else does that? Who did it? Green Bay. Yeah. And it worked. Hey, he won Aaron. the MVP. Yeah, <laughs> like, twice. He's like, oh, exactly. <laughs> they put Jordan Love back there. He's like, what? You put this guy back here? Man, I'm going to show y'all. Show us, Aaron. Show us all. Show us <laughs> Prove all wrong. us wrong. <laughs> Prove us wrong, oh, Aaron. <laughs> so much egg on my face. <laughs> I just say. Like, uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into another off the record right here on the line. What if we're not the horn? All right, this must be out of my time, my wrestling time period. So who it is, is this? You will know who this is, though. I don't know if I do. No, I know not from the music, but you know this is Brock Lesnar's. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I so know you Brock do Lesnar. know who Brock Lesnar? Yeah, yeah is. I know who Brock Lesnar. Is. Yeah, yes. I'm not familiar with the music though. He was the one where we saying they alternate actors. I'm like, I don't think Brock Lesnar's acted in anything. I 
Think you're, yeah, this is a bit role, if anything. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I'm surprised about that, too, actually. Well, you know, he's just like, he has his ranch. Yeah, I guess he, he just doesn't goes care out about there. that kind of stuff. You know who his wife is? No. Sable. You remember her back in the day. I do remember her back he in is, the day. That is his wife. Okay. Hey, you know what? I went to the uh, the, Nash, the combine, the National Combine down in San Antonio. Yeah. Goldberg was there. I mean, to yeah, tell you that. Yeah, uh, Bernie. He's a, he's a Bernie guy. Yeah. Lives in Bernie now. And I, he had a son there, apparently, yes. at the at the combine. And I couldn't yes. find out who the son was, but I saw Goldberg there. Well, I, was it's like, him, it's Goldberg. Huh? Well, I know, but I, <laughs> I, 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 know, I was looking for him and trying to figure out a position. I couldn't find who it was. But, man, wrestlers just love Texas. Uh, you know, yeah, move down here. Yeah. Get, you can get some land out of a lot of these places. Man, that's uh, that's pretty cool. It's, uh, it's interesting because, by the way, new theme Thursday, theme of the day, multiple time uh, Royal Rumble winners. Say that yes. five times. The Royal Rumble is this Saturday <laughs> yeah. down in San Antonio. Um, and man, I Royal Rumble was one of my favorite uh wrestling events, uh, along with like uh man, I loved Survivor series. Wasn't that around like Thanksgiving or yes, something like that? It used to be a Thanksgiving tradition. <laughs> yeah. Survivor series was fun. I liked that one. Uh man, what was another good one? Um uh Halloween Havoc was always fun for me. That was on WCW side. Um yeah, no, I'm telling you, I, I yeah. man, I, I miss wrestling. I want to be before I was a professional football player, I wanted to be a professional wrestler. Before yeah. that dream, the dream was to be a professional wrestler. I was gonna be Black Scorpion, I believe was the name. Um and I had a finishing move that was kind of a suplex slash um like a suplex slash DDT kind of thing. We got you. I mean, uh, Goldust has a wrestling school down down in town. Uh, yeah. We go down there and you can try out your moves. Oh no, I got no shot. I would have been more of a high flying guy. Yeah, yeah. Kind of what you know. They're very popular now, but you got to be really good at it now. Yeah, I'd better be high, kind of high flying. You know, what I mean, I'm kind of like uh, I don't know. I, I picture myself maybe as a, kind of a Black Shawn Michaels, basically. Okay, kind of that's something good. Like that. That's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but either way, that that dream obviously changed. Ended up uh, becoming a, a dream about football, and eh, got pretty close to accomplishing that one too. All right, uh, we don't have enough time to get into off the record. I had a story, but you know what? We'll just push it for another time. Um, there is a Austin FC story. Man, it's been breaking news all day, all throughout the show. We've had like four or five different stories uh, that have broken right in the middle of the show. And there's another in Austin FC. Uh, there's some news there. Uh, high uh, high profile resignation um, from Austin FC. So we'll talk about that. We'll also get back to the uh, big news in the NFL. We haven't gotten to the Panthers hiring, or at least we did in the three o'clock. We'll get back to that uh, conversation. Frank Reich hired us, the Panthers head coach. We'll also uh, get to Nathaniel Hackett. He was hired as the OC for the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, we'll get to that story. And we'll start to preview the conference championship a little bit. We've been uh, so bogged down with breaking stories. Haven't got a chance to preview the conference championship yet. We'll do that as well on the other side. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.